front of the millennials i'm stephanie i'm lindy and today we are joined by natalie uh from the to the men i've tolerated podcast hello yeah. hello, hello. Like a machine oh, right we do need sound one of those I, I yes know. we need it's a sound effect like a soundboard that's the next level anyway, welcome natalie thank you so welcome much for being natalie. here no problem thank you for having me yeah, thank you very much. I really enjoy your podcast. Oh, I think I, I binged it. I binged it the other day. I think that I listened to like the first four or five episodes. And what like your the, the episode you talked about with your first times? Oh my god, <laughs> fucking hilarious! I was like, yeah. I have such a great first time story too. Right? Oh, As do please, I. Like DM it to us something so I can just start like reading oh, people's totally awful stories on the episode. Absolutely, right. I will. So today uh, we are going to be talking about two, I guess, quintessential books, um, I guess not even just to millennials, but like to also generations later as well. Um, Two different books that were just kind of like a staples in all the kids kind of literary repertoire. So we had The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein, which was written in 1964. So it's kind of spanned a few generations. And then The Rainbow Fish by Marcus Feister, written in 1992. That's probably why I don't know it. <laughs> well, yeah, I was you... nine. Oh, I guess, you know. <laughs> oh, it is kind of a kindergarten first. Yeah. Book. That's right. probably why I don't know that one. Was... And then The Giving Tree, I have no excuse for not knowing that no one. No excuse for that it one. It was your made mom... well before I was born. So. And your mom even worked in the school system. So I'm surprised like you didn't yes. know it at some point. That's true. I'm convinced my elementary school had one of those when children's theaters would travel elementary schools and being your cafetorium. Like I'm convinced that we had a live production of The Giving Tree one year, just really to hit it home. That this is... <laughs> I'm sorry, what was this? What is this so, tour? So when I was a kid, you would have traveling children's theater troops. And then they would like, you would all, the whole school would load up in your like gymnasium, auditorium, cafeteria, blended room. And then you'd sit on the floor. And I remember there was a Lewis and Clark one. And I'm pretty sure we also saw the giving tree and they would just like, it would be like a cast of five to seven people. And they would tell the story as a live play production. Yeah. I think we probably had something like that in our schools, but not like literary things. Like Mm -hmm. we would get kids like dance troops and stuff or the Hoja. Acapella troupe that came. I came across their autograph in my handbook the other day when I was prepping for our Crossroads episode. (laughs) So speaking of feeling old now, uh, just our little millennial moment at the moment. Millennial moment. That's going to be our our official like song for it. Our official song for it? All right, we're deciding it now. I voted, you lost. (laughs) That's actually the name of the next episode. But anyways. (laughs) I decided that was the funniest thing to do. But anyways, so my millennial millennial moment for this week was really funny because I was going to pick up a new book to read, just, you know, whatever. And I decided to go back to the Harry Potters. And when I looked at it, mine is like a, it was, okay, so it has the winner of the 97 gold award and it's printed, this one is 2001. And I was like, man, that's like 21 years ago. You know, that's pretty old. 97 or what do you? It was a 97 award, but it was printed in 2001. And then I came across another book that I had bought as a child. 
the Stephen King oh, and Buy Me yes. story. Now, I bought this at 12 years old, and it was My dad has that. I've read in it. In, like, 1983. The year I was born. So, like, it just is so weird that, like, we're further... I'm further away from this, and I remember it, than I was, like, this when it came out. But, yeah, this was so <laughs> old school. And, oh, my gosh, I'm just so old to think that, like, these books have been in my possession for over 20 years. Like, that's just weird to think. Yeah. It's weird to think... Sometimes I get really bent out of shape when it's like I've owned something for 20 years I'm like what do you mean right I'm not old enough to own something for 20 years I don't feel that, like I'm that old yet that might have been my millennial moment it might have been my millennial moment but I thought of another one while you were talking Steph um that I have clothing older than myself oh <laughs> like okay. and then I also I also have clothing still from high school like that was I graduated 20 years ago this this coming June mm -hmm. during the shelter in place or maybe right afterwards I tried on my prom dress just for like shits and giggles I like wish it I still, still had mine to do that <laughs> it was still in my closet I was like what if I put this on and I could start cosplaying in it or something so sit around and feel pretty I went back and went into my grade eight grad dress, that pink one that you wore, Lindy, for the, prom. Really? The one with the rose? Yep, and like, it's I like, still have it. It's still in the closet. And that I was tight on me it. in high school. Right? It was, well, because I, I lost a bunch of weight during lockdown. So because yeah. of all of the lack of eating out that I didn't do. <laughs> Literally, I actually had all of last year, Natalie, it was, I've been having an issue with my heart because of the fact I stopped eating fast food. That's my joke. Oh my gosh. Is that what's going to happen to me when I give it up again? Because I can go really long stretches without fast food, but now it's like, it's like an addiction. I'll just like think of a double cheeseburger all day long. And I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta go get a fucking double cheeseburger. Right? Exactly. I agree. I agree. It's like, I need, now I have a like prescription from a doctor that I need, but well, not literally, but this is my joke. I have a prescription from a doctor that I eat McDonald's every day so that I don't faint. <laughs> I need to keep my sodium go. levels up. It's for my mental health. I need a cheesy gordita crunch. I need it. <laughs> right? What is that? Absolutely. That sounds delicious. Taco Bell. Ooh, oh, Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. Yeah. I haven't been to a Taco Bell in fucking forever. Like, Ugh. I think I've only ever been to it, like, maybe once or twice in my life. Um, the when I have to be in my office, the kitchen in our break area is so disgusting that I won't put food in it and then consume that food. So I eat out on my office days, like a real bougie bitch, but I cannot afford it. It's just like, it's just me at the Taco Bell parking lot, like <laughs> eating a cheesy gordita crunch, like making shifty eyes, <laughs> hoping no one sees me. So good. Um, ours are mixed. I don't know if yours are, but up here, ours are also mixed in with a KFC. Sometimes so, we have that. Okay, so like you, sometimes you'll go and you'll get your KFC um, and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go get myself another taco on the side just because I want to, I just need that little bit right now, you know. When did KFC become so fucking depressing? Oh. You drove past it the other day and it was all fucking painted gray and charcoal and shit. All of the no, fast foods. All of them are, are going depressed. Adults? All of them became depressed when we get, when we grew up, they became depressed. Listen. I went into a Taco Bell because, you know, I always go through the drive through I went through a, I went into a Taco Bell before my therapy appointment and they had like a touch screen. So yeah, like you could yeah. walk up to the live person or else you could just use the robot <laughs> like yep. making eye contact with the person who's making $7 an hour. 
like putting my order in on the computer like I, does this make sense to you it doesn't make sense to me I don't like I can assure you that person behind the counter prefers you to use the robot oh I'm sure right <laughs> absolutely the less they have to do for that seven dollars an hour ridiculous yes. so anyway. yeah because up here our, our minimum wage what went just up went to up to 15 dollars an hour so a Hell student yes a student like a little high school kid working part-time they're, they're $15 at like 13, an hour or 13, they're at like 13 something but 13. still five something like that Hell i started when i started working it was 645 645 was the was first I job i had as minimum wage mcdonald's i'm pretty sure it was around seven dollars when i was working at mcdonald's oh. in high school no, and it's it, probably still, I live in the Midwest. It's probably like $8 now, but like I can't <laughs> believe that it's gone up to a livable wage. I was wrong because I th- I forgot I worked at Filthy Nasties before I worked at Sobeys and it was $6.85 at Filthy, at Filthy's. Uh, That's a restaurant, by the way, not a strip club. Yeah, not a strip club. It could be both. Right? It goes both <laughs> ways. Some nights it fucking was. It was a bar was downstairs. So I had a millennial moment that surprisingly had nothing to do with food we have the super bowl coming up and yeah. one of my co-workers dropped in our group chat she was like look at the trailer for the super bowl party so i click on it and m&m comes up and my oh, whole body like it wasn't embarrassing it's just like it took me right back to being 14 <laughs> and i was like m&m really i thought gen z canceled you and then Eminem faded into Dr. Dre. I had to get up out of my chair. <laughs> Mary J. Blige came on oh. and I just start swaying. I'm like, oh, I need a bump and grind. I, and then it <laughs> ends in, in like Kendrick Lamar. And I texted my friend because she is several years younger than me. And she's mm-hmm. throwing our Super Bowl party. And I went, listen, my body will not be able to be appropriate during the halftime <laughs> Super Bowl show. And I don't think you guys have seen bump and grind <laughs> bloody 15 year old namely but it is a journey <laughs> it is a journey amazing and i'm oh gonna pop drop it drop it lock it dr dre and i need you to, and snoop dog i forgot just uh snoop oh. oh okay did you see the like year-end review with snoop dog and kevin hart that they had on peacock tv i think it was or whatever i saw no, it i ended up catching it on it. i caught it on youtube it's the funniest thing ever because there's these, I don't know who these two rappers are, but they just sing these Island boy. It was like, I don't know if it was a TikTok or something like that. And the look on their face when they're watching these, because of course they're trying to be rappers and Snoop Dogg is like, and Kevin Hart are like, what the fuck is happening to music nowadays? And just like, of course this George is hilarious. You just, I suggest both of you watch it if you want a good laugh. It is hilarious. And what's this called? <laughs> uh, it's just like the Snoop, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart, like year end review 2021 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It'll come up, don't you? Fun little tidbit of Snoop Dogg. I'm pretty sure one of his songs is going to be our wedding song when we get married. Hell yes. Right? Why not? We've had it picked out for years. My father and his longtime girlfriend are getting married, and I requested to walk down the aisle to Genuine's Pony. Uh, And Yes! I might refuse to walk down the aisle if that's not what's playing, (laughs) but I might just stand there and wait. Like, excuse me. I look forward to your Am I the Asshole entry on Reddit. <laughs> right. Am um, I the asshole? Lindy, if yeah. I'm in the bridal party, can I can I walk down with them with like can we do like liquid dreams or something like that? Yeah. O Town? Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Just get it. But it would be hilarious. We'll talk about it. We'll okay. talk about it. Discussions. <laughs> with COVID and shit, it might have to wait till next year, but sure. Right? 
Still my phone has been playing. We'll find a really month. inappropriate song. Right? I'm very inappropriate. <laughs> my, my phone has been playing Amazon's Rediscover right. 2000s hip hop like 24 7. I was like, yes, I just need to be in that mindset, right? I, did <laughs> I don't blame you. Like la- the whole month of January, because it's the blue month and everyone's just depressed and everything like that. I was listening. We usually listen to country music and it was getting too, it was getting too real for me. So, like one day, and my boyfriend used to listen to like 2000s and 90s hip hop. He used to be straight up gangster when he was in high school. So, for me, seriously, feel- Kevin, seriously, Kevin, yeah, like so- white boy Kevin. Yeah, like okay. Scottish, Scottish red hair, red beard, Kevin. Yeah, he grew up in the Midwest with us because that's our story. We were so gangster, being very white children in right. Indiana. <laughs> so I was a bopper. Like, so to make myself not depressed, I was like, I need to listen to two thousands hip hop. So mm-hmm. I put on two thousands hip hop, and I was just like, Yes, this is it. Yeah. I can't be upset. I can't be depressed listening to this stuff. And he's like but can we turn it off? Cause I'm getting a little angry. Like it's, it's making me a little angry right now. I'm like, okay, we'll limit our hip hop for like a couple hours a day. Kevin That's gets why angry, I... I get turned on. It's it's a journey. It's a journey, <laughs> right? He I starts usually... good and then eventually gets too angry cause he just, you know, pop it and you know, whatever. And yeah, it's so funny. That's why I usually like go with like the first, the first Britney album, the first mm-hmm. NSYNC album, the first Backstreet Boys, Hanson, Moffitt's, fuck yeah. Right, that would make sense. Spotify doesn't have them off it. Really? I'm oh. so upset by this. Or they don't have My Town and they don't have Take Five's first album. So I was looking up something the other day. It was No Authority. Do you remember this band? Oh my God, yes. I, I hadn't heard of them in years. And all of a sudden I was looking, I was like, oh my God. I could no not authority. tell you a song, but I know who you were speaking of. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like a little group of four boys or something. Yeah. So kind back to, I back guess, to the books. Uh, back to back the books, you know, it's always fun with tangents here. We love tangents. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we'll start kind of with the giving tree. Um, sure. Basic synopsis is there's a little boy and then there's a tree. The tree lo- loves the little boy. The boy takes from the tree and, you know, life proceeds and the tree ends up t- giving so much that there's nothing left of her. Uh-huh. Except for the stump at the end for the old man, which was the little boy to sit, sit on. on. Uh-huh. It's an allegory of every relationship I've been in. So <laughs> right. right? Like, come on. I'd probably say me too up until this point as well. Right. Like before this relationship, I mean, up until my last one. I'd say so, yeah. You I give can... and you give and you give and you give. They take, 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 take. I even have yeah. Is... yeah. Like well, I've had that even with friends too. It's not even just men. There's been friends that are like that too. This as is well. yes. That's so, very true. Yes. I came out of the shelter in place, like, and I'm having such a culture clash, like re like entering society with the people I once knew because I'm like, is this how you always behaved? Is this how, is this <laughs> right? the caliber of people I hung out with? I just need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed that this book was written by Shel Silverstein because I had forgotten that part. I love Shel Silverstein. Right, where the sidewalk ends and all of that. Yes. Like the, the pizza poems. book. Like yeah. I Not love him. I love him. I, this book- I was probably your most reluctant reader <laughs> when I was a kid. Fucking hated it. As an adult, like once I graduated high school and shit, and then like I discovered actually, I have to give credit of my love of reading to my grade three, four split class that I was in a co-op in high school because they got me to read Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter book when it came out. Because I was the movie was coming out and I was just like, what the fuck? Who is this Harry Potter and why is everyone fucking talking about him? Yeah. So one of them gave me the book and they're like, read it. I read it in one night. I'm like, guys, this is fucking amazing. I love this book. 
you guys and ever there, and it took off it, and my fandom took off from there <laughs> um I was a huge reader as a kid it's how I disassociated from whatever was happening around me <laughs> so my sister was, was a, huge a very reader. social kid I, I was a doing... talks too much kid I liked doing the uh, Pizza Hut Book It program, where every book, every few books you read, you get the free personal pan pizza. That was my motivation to read. My sisters <laughs> did that. I did not want to partake. I tried to convince my boss that we couldn't, like, instate some sort of pizza book it into the office. Like, I do a thing. You buy me free pizza. <laughs> self-development or you know yeah. professional development every professional book you read you bring in a pizza for everybody you know why yeah. not? I, I think am, that's a fantastic idea right i am personally insulted that the tree is a woman and that they use she her pronouns for the tree yeah so you can't even ignore that she's a woman yep <laughs> yep and of course as women we're always supposed to give and give and give of ourselves apparently all those thoughts were running through my head as I was watching the YouTube video because I had never read them before. On on our <laughs> podcast, a huge theme that we talk about on to all, to all the men I've tolerated before is women's um, invisible emotional and mental labor in every relationship mm -hmm. that they're in. So like the boy's playing and he's happy. And the minute he goes away, she's like, well, is he still happy? How will I know? Why do we care? <laughs> Why do we care? He'll, he'll make his own happiness when he's away from you. Yeah. He's an adult. He can provide for himself. He can make his own no, money, Most of them can. You know? yeah, I mean. Them, yeah. uh, for the other ones, let's just not talk about specific them. exes, not so much. Right? <laughs> yes. We've all had those few that just, mm, damn exes. We have all had that parent-child relationship with an ex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For fuck's sakes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yep. Come on, parents, raise your children better <laughs> i will own it be self-sufficient I, I was a very codependent dater i couldn't help it like i had to be the person like me like are you happy do you need food did i make you happy and like i blame this book <laughs> i blame it because she's like here have some apples will the apples make you happy here take my leaves will my leaves make you happy yeah, here's my, my branches yeah like yeah. literal parts take of my her. Little parts of her are being cut take off. my whole entire yeah. like core cut being to make a house come not on. to mention come she on. allowed him to scar her oh. at the very beginning with he branded her god damn it he, he branded her he, right or he carved it into her fucking flesh and let, like what is that is that telling women to go out and be a man's property is that what this yes. book is about Yes. Now remember that this is what I took you. from it. Now also from hindsight, it is 1964. So of course it's supposed to seem like it's very yes. nurturing and And I'm discovering and... this book as an adult for the right. first time, mm -hmm. not a child. So 50, 60 years later as well. <laughs> yeah. So like at the time when you read it, Natalie, do you remember your feelings at the time? I just re I remember that this book was presented as one of those like war. And I feel like we still advertise it that way is this warm gushy like this is how you share lovingly and sharing is caring and you should like this is how you're selfless the hot lesson take. learn is sharing almost yeah hot take i'm not into being selfless <laughs> i'm not into <laughs> selfless it. is dumb or like yeah i'm not no it feels I, very I lost my thought i'm sorry 
I remember when I was like 19 to like 22, people used to call me selfish. And I was like, that was the worst thing in the world. Oh my God, like selfish. I don't want to be selfish. Like selfish is a terrible thing. And then once I started to realize that these people weren't caring about like what I was doing in my life, they weren't helping mm -hmm. me forego my life. I was like, well, no, I wasn't, I, I wasn't being selfish. I was just looking after myself and you guys aren't even here anymore. So after that, so you know what? Selfish is not a bad fucking word. And then after I, after like 25, I was like, okay, fuck that. Selfish is okay. Cutting right. toxicity out of right. your life is not selfish. Right. But it, it's a necessity. Some people think it is selfish. Because my best selfish friend and I, it doesn't benefit them. My oh, best friend and I have started like telling one another, like, hey, how was your night with so and so last night? And I'll even go, you know what? It was a net profit. Or I'll be like, you know what? Came back home, deficit. Like, that's a <laughs> I can't be doing that anymore. <laughs> I, saw and I feel like that. That goes against the giving tree because she's just like giving it up for free, which we were told not to do as children, as women. We were right. we were told not to give it up for free. No. We were told to give it up for marriage. Yeah. For the right one. Yeah. Right? Get married, right have one. children, the right one. Yep. The soulmate or whatever it was. And giving what up? Their fucking made up bullshit virginity crap? No. Yeah. 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 Mm. Which we know, yeah, now doesn't really fucking matter. Like, it's the purity. You're no longer you, patriarch. Pure. Yeah. <laughs> The little boy never says thank you or talks nicely to this tree. So no, ever. So notice that. He just keeps taking. And he's rude. And I'm just like, you would not fucking survive 10 minutes in my goddamn house. No. He's real passive aggressive about everything too. Like he just like slumps over and he's like, oh yeah. no. Do you I'm know who he, he reminds me of like the guy that plays like the wounded puppy dog. Uh-huh. So, so his girl bathes him and feeds him and loves him and clothes him. And then the second he's all better, he's up and humping something else. And she's at home not knowing any better. Mm -mm. That is what this book fucking tells me. But reading it for the first time, I was 38 years old. Yeah. So, but still. Then, after she's, she's given him everything, all that's left of her is a stump. And he's like, oh, okay, I... I think I need a stump to just sit he down on. Sits and, it, and then she straightens up because it makes her happy. Yes. Like the fuck. Like what? What is this story? This book is still taught in classrooms. Like it's still in classroom libraries. And I, I think the giving tree should make okay. a book list. <laughs> just, if, there are, if there are any teachers who are our listeners, Please let us know if this is on your curriculum and what you think of it, please. Because I would be very interested to know. Because <laughs> to me, this book is not encouraging of friendly nature. It's literally telling you to just be some guy's fucking tree stump. Like, or just some friends it's okay to take, you know take, I mean? take. And some friends are all take giving. Yeah. Right? Do you give, 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 and people will love you yes no that no love no. is not all give and no take yeah it is two-way street yo yeah collaboration otherwise it's called unrequited love and it can lead to some very nasty violent things yes yes we see it just all the saying. time just saying listen to a lot of true crime so <laughs> yes that's especially one specifically related to life. love there's a lot and it's sad Moving on. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. 
but I mean, yeah, like the theme goes like sharing, give of yourself, give yourself, give yourself. And it's the same theme in the next book. Yes. The next book is the exact same theme. This message of like, you have to shape shift to make the people around you comfortable. Like that was a huge trend in my childhood Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. huge trend in the new Disney movie Encanto where it's like, you're just like trying to make yourself fit into this mold that makes everyone else happy. And it's like, she literally cuts off parts of herself until that idiot is comfortable. (laughs) I haven't watched it yet. Me neither. Oh, I'm not, I'm not really into the new Disney movies. I think the newest one I've ever seen or the newest one I've seen would be the first Frozen. Onward is funny. Go watch Onward. Onward? That one's a good one because it's like Seth Rogen, I believe is the voice. Is that the one with, no. The blue. Luca. They're like the blue guys or something like that. They're kind of like, they do like a cross country chip or something like that. Oh, I think it's on my list. It's a good one. It's on my watch list. That was a good one. But no one cuts themselves up in any way. I still went right back to the tree. But yeah, it's like we can't just be fitting ourselves into these little molds to make other people comfortable. Yeah. No, you don't have that. Goes back to like actually our TGIF episode stuff when we were talking about family matters and Urkel and his cool machine. Yeah. Where it's like you completely change who you are, your personality, your looks, everything, everything about you, and so that girl that you love will fall in love with you. And she married was it Stefan? I was trying it to recall. Yeah. He ruined the show. No one wanted Urkel to be cool. That wasn't the no. point of the show. Exactly. No. The, like, yeah, it just, oh, it fucking irks me to no end that there are things out there that are like the giving tree that is just, you know, and rainbow fish where it's mm-hmm. just like, change who you are. Give, 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 give. Like, don't expect anything in return because that makes you selfish. Like, uh, fuck you be a little selfish you're supposed to be selfless apparently like Ugh. come on guys come Ugh. hate it i enjoy <laughs> being selfish once in a while as long as your selfishness doesn't actually really harm any other anybody else yeah like skipping and- a night out with your friends is not gonna kill them like it's but, fine and sometimes it may harm them but if it harms them then like that's something that's on them because like if you if you need to say something because it's setting up a boundary for you and they get mad at you because you have to set up a boundary well then that's on them then they're not really like a you know a good person or a good friend that would you know respects a boundary like learn to recognize toxicity in a yeah. relationship yeah. Yeah. learn to read when you are giving more than you are being given mm-hmm. <laughs> on to the next rainbow fish rainbow i mean sounds like a really cute little book and like Rainbow, whatever the cover has like a shimmery pretty. glittery fish on it you it's know i thought it had potential but, but no, in my took a turn for the worst i'm watching this on youtube case okay? so i'm watching a video and it's read and someone's reading it to me and i'm sitting here thinking all the way through it like it starts out with the rainbow fish being really conceited yeah, like little. just He's just just a prick yeah just he's He's just an asshole like i'm beautiful how dare you talk to me and ask for one of my scales like sorry but who teaches their tiny little baby fish to go up to another big fish and ask them for one of their fucking scales here let me just skin some skin off and give it to you like who does that (laughs) (laughs) not only your expression says everything (laughs) and then and then when the I mean, he's a prick, but he's a prick who tries to establish boundaries. Right. So he tries to establish a boundary and he's like, um, no, I do not believe that you get one of my fins. And then he's ostracized. Yes. 
It's like being in an abusive, toxic family. You're ostracized for being the one that sets up a boundary. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say. Oh, Sorry, and then I, I think at one point she said they get to like, they kind of make a point that like scales are better than friends and happiness. So you have to give a scale away. Like that didn't like, it's like what? Okay. I understand. I understand where they were going with it when he eventually felt that giving away one of his scales made him feel good. Right. And so he kept doing it. And yes. that is generally yeah. a good lesson to learn that it does feel great to give. Like yes. I feel great whenever like I'm donating to charity or I volunteer my time it, or things yeah. like that. Like it makes me feel good because there is no such thing as a selfless good deed. Because giving does make funds. you feel good. Right. And I get that. But he was basically kind of coerced, manipulated and indoctrinated into doing it. That fucking octopus. <laughs> that fucking octopus. <laughs> that fucking octopus reminded me of when my parents would just like beg me to be nice to boys who were barely nice to me so I would get to date people. <laughs> what? Like my parents would be like, I don't just give them what they why want. You're complaining. He's so nice. <laughs> I'm like, he's not nice. Yeah, he was Dude, just like, oh, no. give the people what they want. And then they'll appreciate you. It really, it it felt like I was bartering with my body and my sexuality. Like it took me right into that place where like my body is a product that I can weaponize to get love out of people. And I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yep, there it octopus. is. <laughs> God octopus. damn octopus. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, like I just don't understand why these books are so revered within the educational system. No, are there not better books that give better lessons that would teach better? Like, especially I'm pretty sure there's some that are written like almost every day now. Like, why can't we yeah. get rid of some? Of the I mean, they already books? dumped a bunch of Dr. Seuss books, but the rest of his books are really good lessons to learn. Right. So, The Rainbow Fish used to be a show that I would have to work when I was working in theater, and I would, and I had to like. I didn't have to come up with a curriculum guide because it was a repeated show. So I just had to review the curriculum guide. But I remember telling my boss, I was like, I don't know, the rainbow fish just makes me really uncomfortable. And he goes, why? I go, it's just like, it's really just about like conformity and not being an individual and like bartering your body to like make friends. And like, it, it, it's just got codependent vibes. And he's like, I really feel like you're reading too much into this book about a fish <laughs> and I was like but do you see how I was raised with this book and I have a list of unacceptable traits that I bring into every relationship <laughs> like when you put the rainbow fish on top of the giving tree on top of Dr. Seuss's racist books or whatever like you're just not learning great things <laughs> we were just we were just screwed from the beginning guys millennials just we literally had no fucking chance. No one was editing these books, so we were mentally well. <laughs> no one. Right? These are, this is why millennials have so many mental issues. Yes. This is why we need safe and spaces like, and dependency therapy. Dependency issues, trust issues, sharing issues. I fucking hate sharing. <laughs> I always thought it was because I was born on Canada Day and I had to share my birthday with Canada. I love my birthday. My birthday is all about me. I am one of those girls that celebrates my birthday for a whole fucking week. Well, I used to be, not anymore. But, but it's still a day all about you no matter what. Yes, I agree. But I always thought it was because of that. Maybe it's because of this. And it no. was just like 
subconscious in my mind of all of these books that I read as a child or that was read to me as a child is the reason why I don't like to share. So I have to share my birthday with Jesus. So I understand the sharing trauma. <laughs> my right? grandmother did too. And she hated it. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> so that's always hard, but my favorite thing to do in my path in my spare time is to find articles about why sharing is actually detrimental to kids because of the way that we teach about sharing. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't teach about sharing in a way where it's like you choose to give your toy to your friend because you want that to happen. It's sharing is caring. It's something that good people do. If you don't share your bad and that's it. And then kids like develop all of these weird like concepts about sharing that then translates into consent where you're not really allowed to say no to anything and then I just like send these articles to people and I was like see I was never selfish all along I just wanted to I just wanted no to me no (laughs) that's what I wanted it's it's kind of the same thing with us being raised as like respect your elders and blah 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 blah. don't don't disrespect an elder and don't say no to an elder and things like that that's how so many of us got fucking kidnapped yeah because you even though you taught a stranger danger you still taught us to respect our elders don't talk back just respect them as authority and do what they say and now we're teaching kids to have their own self autonomy. Is that how you say it? Yep. Autonomy. Yeah. Having their own autonomy and having a say in who they hug, even including grandparents. Yeah. Like it's an entirely new way of raising kids. And I'm actually looking forward to see how they turn out because they're getting a lot of shit right now. But I think in the long run, these new lessons that we've learned did not work for us. Hopefully it works for them. Right. And the whole sharing thing, I'm an adult who still hates sharing. Ditto. <laughs> and there's nothing I hate sharing more than with a child because they're disrespectful <laughs> of your things. They do just I can't eat a brownie. Stuff. I can't eat a brownie in peace without my stepkids asking if they want if they can yeah. have one. But they're like disrespectful. When I was a kid, we had family friends who had children who were like five years younger than my sister and I. And so much of my shit would just get broken because it's like, well, you have to play with them and you have to share with them and they have to destroy all of your things. And I was like, and I told my dad uh, over the summer that that's why I don't want to have kids. I was like, maybe if you didn't make me hang out with them, (laughs) you would get grandchildren. I don't know. (laughs) You could have done better. Yeah, that's definitely true. And then one thing I also found at the end is when like the other fishes, they all ask for their share of his golden one. Not one of them like offers to give him something in return for this. Not one of them is like, you know what? I don't need to, I don't need to have a shimmering scale to be like the rest of you. I just, I just still want to be me. Why do they all just take and all need to be the exact same, but just take from this poor shimmering fish. And I don't think any of them said thank you either. Right. No, nothing in return. No, thank yous. No, nothing. They just nothing. Just got the the approval of that creepy octopus. (laughs) Fucking octopus. We really, that's what we should call this episode. That fucking Fucking octopus. octopus. Yeah. I think that's a great episode title. Just like came out from the deep. Yeah. And his eyes are like on the top of his head (laughs) where we all know that they, they're not. That is not where octopus eyes are. They're on the side. Are they like on the side? Like right above the tentacles? Like they're like this. Squids, they're on the side. I'm not even convinced. Yeah. I'm going to fucking well, Google search not on the top. octopus. I think with I, octopus. Because I'm thinking back to fucking that octopus scene with, um, in Popeye, mm-hmm. Robin Williams. 
Yeah. Okay. Because you see the octopus in that scene. I'm also trying to think back to Goonies, but I don't think they show the octopus in Goonies. So I think with giant squids, they're on the side. And I think with octopus, they're like, is it octopi? In the middle of their head because there's like no mouth, like the mouth is on the bottom of them and there is no nose, but it's still just engorfed in the head. It's not chilling on top. Okay. I, I, I. They're kind of weird. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah like that so they're like at the front with like the big hump behind them Uh yeah and that's what it looks like in the rainbow fish and and that is not what octopuses look like octopi octopi octopuses sounds really wrong just coming out like octopussy just to like out of the ink like lay down some codependency knowledge like hey kid (laughs) yeah this is how you make just give him pieces of your body and it's funny because he's like purple as well which usually i know in like a lot of movies or disney's like the dark shades of purple or things like mm-hmm. that tend to be the evil character so is that really what they were trying to do make him a villain to you know make him give well, him himself he had Not. to find him in this creepy dark cave right he like lives in the mm-hmm. dark dark equals evil so right? i mean i've seen enough supernatural to know that so <laughs> just saying right? just saying. i mean there's a reason their eyes go black when they're demons like I'm telling you, these books <laughs> fucked me up. They fucked up a lot. I'm really glad I don't remember these. If they were ever read to me, I'm really glad I don't remember them. Well, to be honest. And I think it's because I've taught and I've been a nanny <laughs> and I worked in child theater and they just like keep popping up for me. And I'm like, are we still doing this? Are we still traumatizing children with I these two books? think it's time to start a petition. Yeah. Right. I mean, books are banning books is like all the rage right now. Let's throw these two in. Just canceling everything. Let's cancel these two. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, like, what, what's that saying from that thing in that movie? I think you can't beat them, join them. What's that thing? <laughs> is that the saying? But yeah, you can't beat them, join them. Just throw in those two books with them. I hate them. When I saw, I think you had the rainbow fish on your like master list. I had like a physical reaction. I was like, <laughs> I could talk. I go, I can talk for an hour about how the rainbow fish made me mentally ill. <laughs> I can just go. Right. I don't uh, know. There's go ahead, that's, Steph. That spreadsheet just was like, like, I was kind of like how it first kind of started. I was like, well, it was like, first it started with a book with like, oh, like these, we could do these episodes. I was like, okay, well then there's an idea. And that, so that spreadsheet just became like mm-hmm. a thing. And I was like, so that's just where we could, you know, we'll just go from there. <laughs> you know yeah. what we should do? We should make like, we should print out like a large print of our spreadsheet and then yeah. every week we just throw a dart at it a dart at Ooh. it and then Start just choosing a topic that's how we pick a topic i could we could fill it up some more and do it i think so like uh, you know i think we could do it i think that would be a fun game i think so <laughs> like what topic are we gonna do next week i don't know pick up a dart <laughs> right close your eyes make sure no one's in the way make sure the dogs are outside yes we don't want any accidental injuries no no that's what I like in that that in the in that scene of Shaun the Dead where he gets like the dart in the head. Yeah. And when he like he pulls it out and you have that like squirt of blood. Like I'm really curious to know if that's what actually happens. Or is yeah. that just what they guessed? Because they didn't actually want to try. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> they just guess. The shit I think about, I'm sorry. It's these books, I tell you. Books fucked us up as kids. They did. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Are there are there any others that stick out in your mind? No, what I was trying to think of that too. If it's literally just <laughs> rainbow fish the and the giving tree, but 
I really just think that these two just like really hit the like hit it on the head where it's like you have no body autonomy you can't be an individual people will hate you and like I'm grappling with that today as a 33 year old who like wants a podcast and to build a brand and whatnot and I'm like living in the midwest and like I just like feel people rolling their eyes at me when I talk about it like oh she's so fancy but I can't think of any other books I just remember that I hate these books I have a very physical reaction to these books I liked the stinky cheese man and other fairly stupid tales I loved th- that was a book that, that I would was... read every night before I yeah. went to bed I actually still have it in one of my boxes somewhere I have it on my bookshelf too because I stole it from a school that I worked at I think my, mine is my copy from the 90s, so it's a super old copy, but it still is in great condition, which is hilarious, so. <laughs> Another millennial trend I loved as a kid was when they would take the villain of the story, and I think this is starting to come back and give the side of their story, like, the true story of the three little pigs, and it's from the wolf's point of view. Like, the, yep. the, the uh, Grimm Brothers mm-hmm. um, versions? Yeah. yeah. We're, like, we're, like, in Cinderella um, to get her daughter's feet to fit in the glass slippers she cut off like their toes and their heels you sure did (laughs) body autonomy right fucking there no you're marrying this prince i'm gonna cut off your fucking feet so you fit in those goddamn glass slippers how about you just remember her face but i can't attribute anything in the stinky cheese man and other fairly stupid tales into fucking me up no they were just an amazing book Mm -hmm. that's the one i was so for someone who wasn't literary as a child um i do remember one book that i did read and i can't seem to like find it anywhere probably because I can't really remember the name but it was like uh the school of wayward something where like the school was upside down wayside school is falling down yes I love it that one I loved those ones those ones were great I loved those fucking books the other one that also I couldn't do like as a kid because it was just a little too much was the love you forever Robert Munch I love Robert Munch but that one was still just a little too too I really like that one and I think the story's really great. I think the illustrations are kind of creepy. I think it's creepy when the guy puts his own mom in his lap. I'm just going to say it. That part's <laughs> creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put your mom like, in your lap. Don't do that. <laughs> but you know what? Okay, so like how old is this book? Like this book was out like before we were born. Yes, like 70s, About, I think, late 70s. I think that one was. Yeah, I think that was one of his first ones. So uh, was there a generation thing there that that might have po- been a possibility? 86. Cradling eighty six, so I was three. It's cradling your mother in her lap in your lap. I don't know. I don't know. Like I can appreciate that. the sentiment of it. Yeah. Well, also, but do we have to go that deep with a children's book? Like, what right? are we? This doing? is true. That's what I, I mean. Like, I just felt like as a kid, it just it seemed even as a child, it felt too emotional for me. Like, I I just I wasn't ready to process it when I was hearing it at the time. Yeah. And not what? every book had to have a lesson either. I mean, yes. there's a lot of Dr. Seuss books that did not have lessons at all, like Hop on Pop. There was, what was the lesson on that? Right. Maybe Red Fish, Two Fish would have taught you how to count and distinguish colors, but <laughs> that was it. Green eggs and ham, same thing. Just, you know. I like green. green eggs and ham. Exactly. But there's no there's no point. You know, it's just fun. That was a good movie too. It's Definitely not based on the book. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, uh, like, we don't have to go that deep with kids' books. It tried to handle death and aging. It reinforced that narrative that we have to be like self-serving to our parents and like obedient and make sure that we make up to them the fact that they had to like 
keep us alive for 18 years where it's like, I didn't ask to be here. <laughs> That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I didn't ask to be born. Yeah. And sometimes, many, go ahead, sometimes, sometimes you have family issues where you just need to take time away from your parents for a little bit. It's not saying I don't love you, mm -hmm. but like sometimes I see, just, I see some other families or things like this where it's like, it doesn't matter. We're family and we're gonna resolve this. And it's like, no, sometimes I need like maybe a few months away from you for me to process myself before we can resolve our family issues that's fine or sometimes it's years who knows what the family issues are whatever it's trying it's like, to be well <laughs> there's always that mentality of we're family so we have to stick together and sometimes that's nice but sometimes also it could be a mad mentality of people who are like no i need to separate myself from my family because they're you know sometimes it's damaging and i think the narrative that is out in society today about toxic relationships and the effect it can have on your mental health and your and things like that um i think that millennials and younger are really starting to recognize that in their life and they're really starting to make a change in that aspect whereas in like the older generation they're still kind of stuck in like family is family you do this for mm -hmm. blood and blah 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 whatever it's like no like your family isn't necessarily who you're related to your family is is who you make in your family and you know who i think taught us that dom toretto dom toretto family fast and the furious yo yeah, we had a fast and furious like marathon this weekend so <laughs> family yo that's the code you live by. It's and they're true. not all blood related. Only it's Dom and, Maya, and Mia are. I keep calling her true. Maya. I truly think that I've only watched half of three of the Fast and Furious movies and I can't even recall which three. I know I that I haven't seen the ninth yet. I know that I fell asleep during the Hobbs and Shaw one and woke up from a pretty substantial <laughs> nap and it was still happening. <laughs> And I was like, why is was this? Was it the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff? Or was yeah, it, the one with just. Or was it the yeah. one where they were all in it with Hobbs and Shaw? No, it was the spinoff with That's just. That's not counted as a Fast and Furious movie. We don't um, count that one. <laughs> um, then I guess it's two. That's just another Dwayne yeah. Johnson Statham movie. <laughs> I love Jason Statham. Me too. Love him. I think he's pretty amazing. If you haven't seen it yet, check out Death Race. I would love Jason Statham to read to me the rainbow fish in his like. Wouldn't that be great though? Really in his ridiculous accent? dialect. <laughs> yeah. Probably have to fight his girlfriend for him. Probably. Mm. She doesn't seem like much of a fighter. <laughs> Just saying. Jason Momoa is now a free man. Right, and every girl. We all have a shot now. now. I know. We all got a shot. It was funny that like the minute I saw that, like I saw that post come up, and I was like, I just heard collective screams, and like what? I can hear every like yeah. you know it all like, girls just fucking like jizz their pants at the exact same <laughs> moment when they read it like all across the world it was like collective around the world it was it was collective they're all just like oh. they all just went <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly i look forward to meeting jason momoa on hinge <laughs> right <laughs> Raya as well Raya. Like, this is apparently the uh yeah. celebrity or high-end dating app give me that blue check mark on instagram so i can be on raya <laughs> right exactly that's what we're doing that's With what raya is yeah it's yes, an online it's a dating it's a app and dating app but really just like unemployed djs out of la pretty much it's, it's really or just or a bunch of waitresses who are actresses so anybody who well. has the blue check mark on insta yeah can, or twitter can go to it yes so is one of the questions when you sign up, like how many followers do you have? I have no idea. I know that you And how do they check this? I don't have any followers, so we don't know. What's We're not called? on Raya. Raya. It's called Raya. 
And the only reason I know so much about it is because Nicole Byers talks about it on Why Won't You Date Me all the time because Bobby Lee always used to talk about it on his podcast. That's how how long did it take Bobby Lee to get on Raya? I don't know. He didn't talk about how long it took to get on it, but him and his girlfriend would just talk about it all the time on because it took Nicole Byer like three years and multiple recommendations. Oh yeah. Because the algorithm be racist and fat phobic. (laughs) So of course. That's terrible. Yeah. I, oh, she, oh, there it is. Okay, and then I get on there. She goes, Be I successful. get on there DJs. Private membership-based social network application for iOS first launched in 2015. Oh, and you have to also have an Apple. You can't have any other, you can't have Android. Platform, iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sticking with my fucking Android. <laughs> right? I hate Apple. Ooh, Channing, Channing Tatum's on it. He yeah. is on it. Yeah, he's on it. Was on it at one point. Channing Tatum is on it after the divorce. I think McGuire <laughs> was trying to match with him. Oh my god, this is hilarious! I'm sorry. When did Channing Tatum and Jesse J date? Not long after the divorce, or like yeah, in November of 2019 is when they split. Yeah, yeah. So it was right after. Oh my the, god, the divorce. That's so funny. I don't know who that is. I have no idea who that is. I don't know her. I, I know D- Lena Dunham is on it. Simone Biles is on it. Drew Barrymore. I thought she was married. I don't know um, who that is. iCarly is on it. Love too. iCarly. What's iCarly? Oh, I love her. Miranda Cosgrove. Miranda Cosgrove. She talks about it on her episode of Whitney Cummings. And then Whitney like swipes for her. <laughs> I still, I haven't seen any of that because I don't have the streaming service for that show. Oh, John Mayer's on it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> she were, ooh, I know her too. Joe Jonas. He's married. Oh, this was before he was married. He was on it. Oh, Jonas, take yourself <laughs> off. Take yourself like, off there. What's but I'm just on? like, oh, he probably oh. is. It was an argument about stars who were on it. But, oh, who were. Uh, but like- I'm just like, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I can use that as my millennial moment. I don't know who any fucking celebrity is. There you go. There's your millennial moment. Don't know any new celebrities. I don't no. watch award shows anymore. Me I don't neither. watch music award shows. They're so boring anything because i'm like who the hell are you <laughs> like, who are you and especially in a time of covid they're not very entertaining anymore no, no. like so did you watch the fucking times square new year's ball drop today like not the dick clark's one no there was another one i'm just like oh my god this is fucking boring no no could not do it no. i just don't like i don't like people enough to be in crowds anymore I would never do that anyways, Times Square. It's just no. it's just too much. It's cliche. Yeah. And it's always a letdown according to How I Met Your Mother. Well, then. I am watching How I Met Your Father because I love Hillary Duff. I will watch anything Hillary Duff is doing. <laughs> Did you watch How I Met Your Mother first? I believe I watched. I don't know if I've seen every episode, but I watched it when it was syndicated. Hated How I Met Your Mother. I hated Ted. Oh. I hated Robin. I hated it. <laughs> But I love her. Okay, so slightly offended with the Robin just because she's the, you know, the Canadian. And, you know, I totally Um, love her for her Canadianisms. But I do like that she was a former Canadian. I understand your Tedisms, though. After watching it later, I can understand why you get annoyed by Ted. Yes. I can understand. His neuroticies. Yes. Neuroticies. Neuroticies. Yeah. Definitely can take your toll. However, the one, like, I love Barney. I fucking love, I love Marshall. Barney. Hilarious. I love Marshall. One, the one I have my biggest issue with is Lily. She's such a, like, um, she, like she just butts in her nose in everything. Oh. What is it? Starts with an M. What is that? 
She meddles. She's a meddler. Meddles. She meddles in absolutely everything and she thinks she knows what's best for absolutely everyone. And like, I just, I can't fucking stand Lily. Yeah. Like, and especially, have you gotten to season nine? Is that the last, is that last season? They get divorced or is that the last season? It's the last, it's the last season where Marshall and Lily have that huge fight in the hotel room right before he finds out that she's pregnant, where she's yeah. like, I've never been that selfish to you for taking the, the judgeship behind her back. She and, then, like, and then he brings up San Francisco and she goes, that was seven years ago. You're telling me you never forgave me for that. And I'm like, just because he forgave you for that doesn't mean it doesn't apply to any of your past selfish acts. Yeah, you Literally, still none fucked of those off and left him dating. to San Francisco. None of those people should have been dating. And that's why I didn't get on board with the show. I was like, I don't like any of these people. And I definitely don't like them together. <laughs> I, I love the like- show so much, Natalie. I have watched the entire all nine seasons 27 times. I'm, I mean, I believe you. I'm not a big rewatcher of things. <gasps> it's all I do. It's all I do. I find something I like and I watch it obsessively. I don't reread anything anymore. There's so much content to just be taken. Oh my gosh, in I know what you mean. Yes. That it's yes. Like, yeah. I can't be doing it. But I am watching How I Met Your Father because I do, I love everything about Hilary Duff. I really want to see that, but I have no streaming service for that. I love her. But it's on. It's on Hulu. Crave. Oh, our cra- oh, our crave. crave up here. Okay. Ours is Crave. Yeah. We don't have Hulu out here, I don't think. Oh. Does Canada have Hulu? There's no I Canada Hulu? So. I don't think I don't so. Know. I don't think so. I've been wanting it forever, but I don't know if we ever actually officially got it. Because I know how I met your father was like on my smart TV. It has like ads that scroll through mm-hmm. the top and it said how I met your father on uh fucking Crave. I used to and watch my dad it. doesn't have his Crave account anymore. Oh yeah, we'd have to get a VPN to watch it up here. I used to watch uh the younger show that had Hillary Duff and Sutton Foster because yeah. I'm also in love with Sutton Foster. She's my favorite Broadway actress. And was the show good? I know that name. Why do I know that name? I know that name. She was She's in Bunheads. Say that again. She was in Bunheads. Bunheads. Didn't watch it. Was the, the ballerina was- show that never was took Emily off. Gilmore as the, the 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 one girl? No, I think I saw like maybe the first two episodes of it. But I think I just saw something with her in it because her name sounds super familiar. Sutton what? Foster? Yeah. Foster. Right now she's on Broadway. Yes. Music Um, game with her and Hugh Jackman. Oh, I looked her up when I watched fucking Gilmore Girls again. The final, the last year of Gilmore Girls. I don't need your validation. Oh, oh, I looked her up. I looked her up because I thought her song for for Stars Hollow would have been in Spotify. Mm-hmm. like under her name but i can't find that song for stars hollow anywhere either the star stars hollow or the one that makes laura like cry i can't find either of them i loved that episode everyone gave that episode so much shit and i was like no i loved I it lo- i love it was a musical for no reason yes <laughs> i loved that thought it was great yeah. <laughs> who are you sam dean or jess i love jess to the point where I can't get over this is us and I just like weep because now he's a grown-up and he's dead and all of it (laughs) I haven't seen this is us yet because everyone says it's a cry fest and I just I don't know if I can prepare myself because you're a bit emotional are you a bit emotional sometimes so I don't (laughs) I've just decided I don't want to put myself in that position to watch this is us knowing I'm gonna cry every episode because when no it's emotional terrorism when Caitlin cries watching it my friend who's like emotionally no one Mm -hmm. cries during it yeah I think she said wow I've never seen her cry so that's that's also why I never watched um what's the 13 one 
13. 13 reasons why. 13 reasons oh, why. Yeah. I, like, I never watched that before. Because, like, or like Handsmaid's Tale. Because, like, I can't mentally prepare myself mm. for something that emotional. Handmaid's like, Tale is rough because it very much reflects where we're headed in yep. America as a society. And then uh, I don't think Canada's <laughs> that far behind you. Well, that's unfortunate uh, because have you, you seen what's were... going on right now in, in Canada? No. <laughs> Fuck. That's yeah, unfortunate. It has I, nothing to do with their reproductive rights. It's no, mostly just no, the, the convoy right now. There's always a stepping stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Handmaid's Tale is rough because they do such a great job of reminding you that this could literally happen in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. You could literally walk up, wake up, and this is the world. Um, That's scary. It's yeah. also filmed there, 20 minutes away from here in Canada. Yeah. That's yeah. true. 13 reasons why a dumpster fire did not cry once because it is so outlandishly done okay. and it is so ridiculous. I haven't seen that one either. I know I've moved beyond the emotional shows. Like yeah. the last time I got super emotional was when uh, we watched John Wick. Have you seen it? That's the one with the dog, right? The dog. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had such an emo- an unexpected emotional reaction because I didn't know that this happened. I had seen the memes and stuff, but never really understood because I just, I had never seen it, right? I was so fucking mad. I was beyond mad. I had never been so emotional. I was sobbing. Like my eyes were so puffy. Do we have any last final thoughts about these books? Don't <laughs> read them they to suck. your kids. Don't read them. Yeah, don't yes. fucking read them to your kids. Change.org. Let's put it on a, maybe a cancellation list or something. Yeah, let's get them out of schools. Like yeah. let's throw those on the bandwagon too. Mm-hmm. we've so. got to be able to find something new that's better about sharing that doesn't hurt kids like this yeah yeah exactly. we have right. to well, or we'll and- just write a book ourselves <laughs> we could do that right well Natalie thank you so much for being with us today we appreciate it thanks for uh listening to this babble and joining in on no that problem babble. yes <laughs> Thank you so you much like for to, having me. Where can our listeners find you? So uh, the podcast is called To All the Men I've Tolerated Before. We release episodes every Thursday. Um, we just did one on writing sex novels. And this upcoming Ooh. one is about generational trauma. So we run the <laughs> gamut. Right? Nice. But it's a podcast that explores how, because we live in a patriarchal society, sometimes it just really affects us and we have to grow and then uh you can find us on instagram at men i've tolerated before pod you can find me at natalie k124 and that's also my tiktok where i make fun videos about the podcast episodes they're pretty funny i've seen them they are i've watched a few of them (laughs) well thank you so much listeners thank you for joining us today and uh give us your thoughts on these two books in particular and let us know if they've affected your life in a negative way i bet they have or yeah. if you read them to your kids as if you're parents now. Please don't. You read them. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. But let us no, know. No, no. All right. Well, you know where to find us. Steph, you'll throw that bumper on the end of our episode. Always. Right. <laughs> well, peace out, guys. Thanks so much. Have a good one. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you liked it, be sure to check out our previous episodes on our website at www.millennialspod.com. And also you can check them out on Spotify, Anchor, Google, or Apple Podcasts. While you're there, hit the follow and subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of our latest episodes. Also, you can follow us on all of the socials, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Turn of the Millennials Pod, and like us on Facebook to leave a comment and a review. We greatly appreciate it. We will see you next episode.